Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Theo here, and today we'll be speaking with Kieran Burke, the Chief Operations Officer and co-founder of Swoop Funding, a technology platform that matches SMEs with quick and easy access to funds. Kieran has lived and studied in various countries across the world, such as the UK, Ireland and Australia, where he's just flown back from. Kieran currently helps small and medium enterprises gain access to loans, grants and equity funding, ensuring that businesses have a stable financial foundation, providing them with the best chance of success. In this podcast, Kieran will discuss his journey to where he got to today, the lessons he learned, as well as any advice he might have for potential graduates in the future. So, hello, Kieran. How are you today? I'm sure you're missing the sun and the sea in Australia now that you're back. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty Baltic. Uh, minus temperatures here. Uh, playing football last night wasn't too, too pleasant. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, now, just to give our audience a bit of background, Kieran, you founded Swoop in 2018 and currently are their chief operations officer. Could you tell us a little bit about the company and their role? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as you say, we, we set it up uh, in May 2018, myself and my co-founder, Andrea. Uh, and what Swoop do, does is it helps uh, small businesses get access to finance. So access to finance for us is looking at uh, lending, equity investment and grants. Uh, when we started the business, we started in UK and Ireland, uh, but now we serve uh, SMEs across uh, Europe, North America, and Australia, and have kind of a teams kind of spread spread across those areas as well. Um, and the idea being that uh, lots of small business owners are very passionate about what they do, but they're not necessarily financial experts. Uh, and they don't necessarily have uh, a team of financiers on hand to be able to help them manage their money or showcase them what are the best financing options for them when they do want to look at funding. Uh, and that's kind of where we come in. Um, increasingly, kind of big banks don't necessarily want to have a one-to-one personal relationships with small businesses and pulling away from a branch network. So that's where we kind of come in and try and fill that void uh, particularly for small businesses turning over between 100,000 and 10 million. Okay, great. Um, having visited the website myself, it's it's a remarkable platform. Like it offers, like you said, very user-friendly technology, something that simplifies and speeds up what normally is a, a really exhaustive and complex process, in particular the financial dashboard, which indicates the financial and liquidity metrics. Once the business has matured, is is really good. And I think is that kind of what your daily working life like revolves around? Is it? Um, I mean, me personally, uh, as we've grown, I, I suppose I, I'm not on uh, on the co faces as much as I, I would. Uh, in terms of swoop, I would say you'll see anywhere between 180 or 200 businesses create profiles on the platform uh, each day. Uh, so there's nearly 100,000 SMEs on the platform across the different markets. Um, and then in terms of what we try and do on the fin and the tech side of things, on the technology piece, uh, there's two really, really big pain points that we try and solve. The first bit is, am I eligible? So lots of small businesses will be getting lots of advertisements from different banks, different alternative lenders telling them about all these wonderful products. But at the end of the day, a lot of them might not be eligible for it. So it's 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 best to get a quick no than uh, a lengthy uh, no. So what we want to be able to do is send check, are you actually eligible for this product by pulling in their data and showcasing to them what they are able to get. Uh, and the other bit that's an absolute pain in the ass is the actual 
business application themselves. They can be quite lengthy, repeating the same information over and over again, getting lots of different documents. So what we try and do is we try to take the pain out of that. Um, we've got all the integrations, so we try and pre-populate forms. We try to centralize documentation, so you can use it across uh, multiple applications. So that's kind of where the technology side tries to, to, to kick in. And then the fin on the human side is we appreciate SME financing can be quite complex and there's so many different types from property to asset invoice uh, to equity to grants, uh, revenue-based, lots and lots of different ones. So what we try and do is ensure that we've got subject matter expertise on hand should anyone need any help or, or guidance when it's looking looking at kind of what is this application, what does this product mean and helping them to kind of digest and understand it relative to their business. Talking about your journey to where you are today, um, you, you didn't start in a profession in your professional career in an award-winning lending platform. So you so you graduated from Trinity with a business and economics degree in 2010, and you took perhaps what may be perceived as the unconventional route joining KPMG down in Sydney as a market analyst. Uh, I think it was more the Sydney uh, that swayed it than the the, the KPMG bit. Uh, so I, I, my final modules in college was like international business, um, new product development, uh, marketing and uh, strategy. Um, so I kind of was just looking at various different kind of graduate programs and consultancy-based ones and some marketing ones. Um, and doing the the big, what they call the milk round uh, in that kind of Jan, Feb, March time, uh, the ones that I kind of landed with by the end of the college year was the ones that I was kind of eyeing up and debating which one to go for was um, Paddy Power had a marketing graduate role uh, that I got offered. And that was really, 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 like from a interest level in a job, that was by far the most interesting. Like even the interview process was really, really good fun and really kind of creative and thought provoking. Uh, but the opportunity to go and live in Sydney uh, probably over, outweighed it. So I kind of went out there, not so much chomping at the bit for the, the work piece, but to go and uh, live in a, a different country and experience uh, that side of things. Um, that being said, really enjoyed uh, working in KPMG. Uh, when you work in such a large organization, you get great exposure to so many people at once. Um, so you get to to be a, a sponge to lots of different things. So you, 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 you learn lots of different things uh, that way. Um, so yeah, I, while I would say the power, power role was a lot more interesting, um, uh, Sydney was a hell of a good time. Working in somewhere like KPMG gives you, it probably gives you a great foundation, those two years of training um, for mm-hmm. any future yeah, I mean, it's a good brand. Uh, so when you do go, like I, I decided I wanted to go to to London. Um, so once once you've got that on your CV, it does help uh, open open up doors and opportunities. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely always a good one to to have there for sure. So um, you moved to London in 2013. Was it to Hive? Um, yeah, where you so- joined. Sorry, for reference for the um, listeners, Hive is a professional network which enables people to grow, learn and work in collaborative communities in order to achieve their career goals. My main question is whether, like how, what was it like being on the ground floor of such a, an exciting new project? You know, how did that compare to say your 
your your yeah. more of an office type role in KPMG before that. Yeah, like I mean, this this is where I learned so much skills, and my learning curve went through the absolute roof uh, with Hive because it was just a phenomenal opportunity. I was um, I don't know, 24, 25 at the time and essentially got the opportunity to build a business from scratch um, whereby you have got a bit of funding. We got funding in from uh, BFI and other kind of creative networks to go and build this network for creatives in the UK um, with the kind of pain points being everything was centralized around London. They want to decentralize by geography. Everything is who you know, not what you know. So being able to champion your content, your creation, so that was kind of the brief. So all of a sudden, um, it was an industry that I'd grown up with, learning about that, that, that industry. And also I had done a bit of work with kind of developers and product management, but all of a sudden was resourcing up a full tech team, building out a product, learning about different methodologies from kind of agile, waterfall, discovery, all these different things. And it's just like, it was like a crash course in learning so many different things. So building the, the actual product, the website out and testing that out, getting users in, getting feedback, building, and then starting to build a brand around that. And then getting to, to launch it, building a launch event, then trying to build up a community around that, trying to sign up our first kind of brands and companies using it for recruitment. Uh, we then had uh, people like Channel 4, BBC3, uh, The Guardian using it to crowdsource production. And then we have big advertising agencies using it to crowdsource production for ads. Um, so it was really, really cool. We had like Sky running scholarship programs on it and the old Vic Theatre. So all of a sudden I had this amazing opportunity experience of like building technology building around building a community and we had like 150,000 members with 4,000 businesses using it um so it was, it was an un unbelievable experience um and just constantly learning and getting being able to experiment and try different things whether it was product tech marketing sales absolutely everything so it was a real baptism of fire and just an amazing uh learning experience your self-belief um must be pretty strong for you to leave maybe what looks like very safe positions at various stages you know like um ones where you had a clear career path say you were in so you were in kpmg you were you had the program there and then you leave take on this really exciting project at hive and you were there for five years over five years and then you founded swoop yeah um i suppose when you when you look back on it and you're like oh actually yeah i could have just stayed in kpmg and worked your way up but i suppose at the time uh yeah maybe it is some i don't know confidence or self-belief but i just didn't even think about oh this is a this is a mad decision or anything like that so i think it was kind of a case of um just just kind of like backing yourself I don't know um whereas like I, I just yeah I think because you're only early 20s and stuff like that you're you're not necessarily thinking thinking that that through that much so you're just kind of going with it and you're like well why not I I, I I'm only in my mid-20s I've got no, nothing to lose here so why wouldn't why wouldn't I give it a go um but yeah, and it, it, I think it's also important that you know that everything's not going to go completely as it's supposed to go. So uh, as long as you realize that pretty early on, then you're not going to be disheartened. So you can kind of keep keep pushing through and, and persuading through. And then also a bit, bit lucky because like 
was lucky that I was able to go and get that opportunity uh, with Hive and being able to do that. Um, so there, there, there's an element of, of, of that as well. Um, between the various different jobs and the various different climates, um, did you find there was much difference in, say, the corporate culture, the work-life balance and possibly your work relations within them? Like we have Leo Varadkar saying the grass isn't really greener when talking about the house prices and all this in other countries. That's why during our whole brain drain at the moment, apparently. But is like, is there positives and negatives to both sides? And maybe does your now, given your international perspective, does does that help when you're building relationships with clients now that you're dealing with across um, various different continents? Yeah, I mean, like, th- there's definitely differences in some of the the cultures, and like, um, I'm reticent to to like broadly brushstroke a whole entire nation, but uh, th- th- yeah, there are different trends. Like in in Australia, they really value life work balance as opposed to work life balance. Definitely, like I, I think even like fresh out of you. you university I was like mad like no one is in there that office past four o'clock on a Friday and in, in summer season like earlier again and like the, the country effectively shuts down from December 20th to Aussie day which is January 26th like it's, it's mad uh, so yeah you, you kind of have to to it, it's just very different whereas like when you come to, to London I don't know whether it's the the um, I don't know, darker winter months, but people tend to work uh, longer relative to, to, to say there. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or, or not. Um, and uh, again, like you, 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 you kind of realize which kind of cultures and stuff you, you, you like, like working with as opposed to, I suppose, uh, different nationalities, like within, so I'd say we must have like 15, 16 different nationalities in here. So it's more about like, what's your culture and how you get on as opposed to a different, different region or a different area. Um, but yeah, it is interesting to see when you are in different countries, how, how they operate, how do they work? Like, again, it can be like how you interact with different businesses from a partnership approach, like, we love beating around the bush in Ireland. Like we just don't like being direct. Whereas you go to the Nordics or Netherlands, it's like just, whoa, really coming at me with those direct questions there. Uh, so there's there's that kind of side of stuff. And then there's also in our business, um, risk plays a big, big role. So like how willing are you to take risk? Because you're you're taking on money, whether that's by an investor or you're taking on money by a bank from a debt perspective. And so you'll have countries like Ireland and Canada where we're in where it's it's quite conservative. Um, UK less so. And then you go into places like Australia and the US, like just give me that money, just give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Like just so pro risk uh and again you 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 have all those different different dynamics and then you 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 have different things and cultures around technology like you look at the german market like that the credit card is like basically a big innovation to them (laughs) relatively speaking or you go into say somewhere like the states and again pretty technologically backwards you go and give your card to someone you're like where the fuck are you going and they're going oh, i'm just going to swipe this thing like, what the fuck where, where's this apple pay shit like so it's again it's just learning all the, the the different nuances and stuff like that but it's always good to 
understand them and, and, and work with them. Yeah. And given, so you've worked across different climates and you've also worked in different industries as well. Do you think this extensive knowledge of business gives you maybe a comparative advantage? Yeah, I, I, I suppose it, it, it's hard to say on a specific one because I suppose we we, we do everything on such a, like a, a mass level because you're, you're you're trying to speak to so many so many businesses at, at once. So it's it's probably understanding like the the, the sectors or, or what happens within within a sector. Um, so so for instance, like we've just had had Black Friday. Um, we'll have. Thanksgiving sales and, and Christmas sales. So therefore, if you're an e-commerce or in your retail, uh, the month of July and August becomes really important for you because you need to prep for these moments. So from that side of things as a business, we're trying to think about it from a retail or e-commerce perspective, like how can we be valuable to you? And we can be valuable to you probably most in July and August because what we can do is we can think through and foresee that you're going to have this big increase like you'll have some major retailers out there that will do maybe 20 or 30 percent of their total sales for the whole year in in one week or over a four-day period so in order to help them prepare you want to make sure that they are have the cash to be able to go and maximize on that um and then also think through that their kind of cash cycle is very different to everyone else because it's so seasonal that yeah you want to bump it so that they're able to go and 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 make the stock purchases so they can maximize the thing but at the same time they need flexibility on the downside where they aren't as busy so 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 being able to be structuring kind of finance in 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 that way so you're going to have to think think about it like that so i suppose something like that where you're trying to help businesses on a sectoral level is 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 probably a, a useful one like tourism is another good example of, of of understanding kind of when and how to to engage with them depending on on seasons possibly an extension onto the last question it, it seemed like you had a you had you have a, a lot of variety in in your previous working life you had jumping between jobs and countries and stuff like that but does this does your current role in Swoop now satisfy that your drive and excitement and like your passion to play an integral role in the growth and subsequent development of a company? Yeah, like it's absolutely deadly. Like I, I, I love it. Like uh, we started out with like two or three people. We now have like a hundred, uh, and you're flying around the whole place. Like spent the last six seven weeks basically living around the suitcase it was. Uh, in Phoenix, trying to headhunt this dude, didn't quite get the plan. And you're up in New York trying to uh, pitch for your, your 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 next round. We were down in Sydney there a couple of weeks ago with the, the Aussie thing. You're also doing the Young Glamorous yeah. Fixtures, was in Coventry last week, doing accountancy conferences. Uh, but it's yeah, it's 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 very, very satisfying, very rewarding, and and uh, getting to see like growth in in the business and all the different teams they they all start to to mature and you get like mini teams within them and then you see people absolutely growing within their roles and, and taking on more and more responsibilities it's just there's so many elements to it that are so satisfying and and rewarding the the more it kind of continues to grow and the more people come come on board and um, so yeah i absolutely love it sounds like an incredible journey and it sounds like you you don't regret anything or would go back to change anything but, you know, I hate to ask the existential question, but if you, if you were to go back in time, you know, you're in your 20s, standing on college green, degree in one <laughs> hand, glass of champagne in the other, 
<laughs> would you, if there was one thing you could change or one thing you would tell yourself, uh, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good question because like I, I real had a, a real sliding doors moment. I was saying earlier on between like the Paddy Power route or just back up and go to Australia, and and I do feel uh, if I'd taken the the Paddy Power route, I think it would have been very different because I think I, I know I think I would have absolutely loved and, and reveled in 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 that atmosphere and and their growth journey that they've gone on has been absolutely wild, um, and I feel maybe I would have got got caught up on that side of things but I think I was quite fortunate to to do what I've done now because it's given me all these deadly experience and ultimately let, led me to be able to to set up sweep with Andrea and it's I've, I've absolutely loved it Um stuff that like uh, didn't quite realize in college that actually are, are are quite useful things to know I would say that I didn't really think about at the time uh, some of the practical elements, like I was all always more into the I don't know, international international business strategy side of things, but like some of the practical elements of like your accounting courses or your accounting practical elements are are actually quite useful um, and something I, I didn't really think about at the at the time. And and yeah, it's a good it's a good um, qualification to to have. I, I wouldn't have thought about it at the time. And just just my last question before I wrap it up. So. You've talked about how important like the different modules are in, in college, say it's accounting and stuff, the practical side of things, you know, not just yep. scraping by, actually going to the lectures and but maybe is there any advice you would suggest to students who are in that sliding door moment, you know, between your Paddy Powers and your KPMG, who maybe don't want to go down the conventional route, you know, and the yeah. tax and the accounting graduate programs, maybe I'm calling the names. You know, yeah, any, like you would suggest say before making that like yeah, decision. So yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I, like I do think like the because like I think they get a bad rep sometimes. The the whole tax accounting things that are actually really I know they can be dull as fuck, but they're actually getting a tangible degree or something or like a qualification on a degree. The degree bit's not that relevant. The the qualification obviously is more relevant because what it essentially does is it gives you a blank of comfort to say doesn't matter what age you are, what country you are in, like you'll always get a job in, in, in things and actually getting under the hood on the numbers of a financial accounting uh, is, is very applicable for anything you do, whether it's startup or anything that's deemed a little bit more sexier. The one thing that I think would encourage anyone in university to do, and even if it's like taking time out to do it, is actually just get into a company and working in a company because uh, certainly myself, I, I think a lot of people that come out of university are fairly useless uh, when you put them into a, a working environment. Uh, and not, not no fault of their own. It's more that they've just been doing the theoretical side of things. And like a lot of the modules when you're in college, is like, hey, you're the CEO of Ryanair or you're the CEO of this. It's like, well, bollocks, you're not going to be CEO when you get in day one in a job. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you, you kind of need to, to, to know some of the actual pragmatic shit of like, the operations side of things and one thing that's been deadly for us is we've engaged on a a, a, a danish program whereby uh, students in denmark on an age between say 19 to 21 that are focusing on business get the opportunity to work abroad uh, it was initially in the uk but because of brexit we've moved the program into our dublin office and they'll come in and they'll take different roles within the business so it could be in customer sales could be in sales could be in marketing could be product and it's a complete immersion in terms of getting sale and, and like 
these guys are just like their growth is fucking wild. Their confidence is amazing to see the develop, uh, but their skill set and their ability to make such an impact to the business. But they're so valuable then 12 months down the line in terms of any business that they can go into because they've got confidence. They know exactly how they can add impact in terms of a real business and, and what they can do in a practical nature, as well as starting to build up some of the kind of the leadership things so, so they, can, they, they can grow and stuff itself. And I think uh, in, in the Irish or I think a lot of education systems, they're missing that emphasis okay yeah there's sometimes there's a summer intern program but at the same time like as Irish students we like to go away and abroad because a lot of time you have to go and live at home so it's important to go and have that life experience of living away for the summer so you're less thinking about like smashing it from an intern perspective but more just like enjoying it which is a good thing but I actually think putting more of an emphasis on like just taking a year out and just working in a, in a business. I, th- I think all the Erasmus programs are amazing where you can go and live and study abroad. I, I went to, as an Erasmus, but I went to Shanghai and that experience was, was unreal. But actually, I think another way, like maybe if you even extend college to five years and, and, and putting a year in there of actually just getting in and working the job, it will it will make you so much i think it should make everyone so much more employable and also allow them to develop what they like and what you don't like because it's so hard in a college thing again going back to the example of like hey you're ceo of ryanair today or i'm going to set you up on this group <laughs> project here where you're all trying to solve like this huge problem which you're never going to be given yeah. uh on day dot so you need to get those practical to, to elements and I, I think that there's not enough of an emphasis on that and I think there, there should be and it would help uh, massively develop really really great projects they're going to absolutely smash it against their their peers you have like people who have they've got their programs they've got their contracts and they're they're dead set on the way and then on the other side, there's people who have no idea what they want to do. It's such a good opportunity at the moment, like especially in Ireland uh, with the amount of businesses. Like when I when I graduated, it was, as you say, 2010, like it was pretty slim pickings in terms of exciting companies that were based in Dublin. Because like the 2008 financial crisis just meant everything was like not as ambitious. So like, I just don't think, there's just so many options there, whether it's established business or new startups. Um, that you want to do that in Ireland or in other countries like it's it's such a such a cool time to 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 be a graduate and yeah just try not feel the pressure and, and just experiment until you find what you want to do perfect I think we'll wrap it up there and uh, thanks again for coming on no worries cheers to you